All right. Uh, I'm ready. In this episode of the... Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Gordon tradition. Couldn't get it on the first take. In this episode of The Full Nerd, we review the Radeon RX 5600 XT. Hello and welcome to the Full Nerd. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Um, co-host Brad Charkis, my other co-host Gordon Maung couldn't make it today, so we're joined by Elena Yee. Hi, everyone. And controlling the verticals and horizontals is Adam Patrick Murray. Uh, it feels weird to not have the uh, the grumpy old man on the lawn know, for this episode, so you know? For, Just like, you kids! <laughs> for audio listeners, um, in the uh, video intro, I think, if I saw that correctly on the monitor, uh, Adam changed the uh, name so that it says missing Gordon Maung. <laughs> yep, missing Colin Gordon Maung. Uh, he's missing. But you know what? He's he's actually right here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to Skype him in uh, right now. He's going to talk about uh, his favorite movie, Blade Runner. I am not giving another goddamn dollar to Ridley Scott for his Blade Runner industrial complex. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that's that's <laughs> Gordon's quote. And there goes our uh, Disney sponsorship. No, it's not Disney this this year. Remember, we're going after oh. uh, who was the other? Who is it this year? I can't remember. Oh, we made a joke. We're doing a really good yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> chasing sponsorships here. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of uh, stuff to review, uh, you didn't say anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh no! I, about that. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, price cuts. Speaking of price cuts, Brad. Speaking of price cuts, yes, that was some price cuts. Yeah. So today, actually, the star of the show is going to be our Radeon RX fifty six hundred review, XT review, because those cards came out today. Uh, but before we get there, we have to set the stage a little bit because this was one of the weirdest graphics cards launches I've ever seen. And I've been reviewing graphics cards years for well over five years, been in the technology for longer. There's just a really lot of weird, interesting things going on. So before we even talk about AMD, we have to talk about NVIDIA. Because at CES this year, you guys have talked about all this stuff in your CES videos plenty. But uh, AMD announced the Radeon RX 5600 XT, the card launching today. 280 bucks came out saying, hey, it's going to beat the 1660 Ti. Uh which, cool, whatever, the NVIDIA 1660 Ti uh, shouldn't really exist anymore. So it was kind of a weird card for them to target. Because when the 1660 Super came out, it gave you almost 1660 Ti performance for 50 bucks less. But anyway, that's what AMD was looking to target with its 5600 XT. $280 graphics card beating the 1660 Ti. Uh, spoiler alert, it does. Uh... But uh, NVIDIA obviously got wind of what AMD was planning. There were tons of leaks beforehand. I'm sure NVIDIA has sources deep everywhere. Because uh, at CES, it actually, not it, its partner EVGA actually announced a version of the RTX 2060, which is normally a $350 graphics card, for $300 called mm-hmm. the 2060KO, which I actually have one over here. I'm hoping to review it this week. Uh so it's not nerfed. It's not cut down. It's just a straight up three hundred dollar RTX twenty sixty graphics card, uh, which puts it twenty dollars ahead of the sixteen sixty Ti's price. Uh, and in the last week, I think it was last week, sales, weeks kind right? of blurred together this time of day. Yeah, Nvidia itself actually 
brought its 2060 Founders Edition back at a reduced price of $300 itself. So NVIDIA doesn't tell its board partners what price to price the graphics cards, but it can use its Founders Edition card as like leverage. So the second that we saw the $300 RTX 2060, we saw a couple other cards from like Gigabyte, couple others hit sale prices to get its 2060 down to $300 as well. So in the weeks heading up to this 20, the Radeon RX 5600 XT, I wish these graphics cards had fewer letters. <laughs> uh, launch NVIDIA, rather than saying, hey, we're going to let you beat the 1660 Ti, the card that really shouldn't even be here anyway anymore, if you ask me. Uh, what they did instead was shift RTX 2060 pricing down to about $300 to take on the Radeon RX 5600 XT. Uh, I have a question real quick from, from Zat Mandu uh, in the YouTube chat. Uh, does the 2060 KO stand for knockout officially? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about officially, but that's what it stands for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Which, I mean, a $300 RTX 2060, I mean, and that's the starting price. Uh, when it was announced after CES the week after, it was actually on sale for down around 280 bucks, which is really, really good for a uh, 2060. Um, the question remains, kind of, is this an actual price reduction, or is this just a limited-time stint to kind of throw a wrench in AMD's plans? Because the $300 KO is already sold out. There's a $320 overclock version left. Uh, NVIDIA's Founders Edition is sold out right now, too. Uh, I see one more gigabyte card left. That's $300 after rebate, I believe it is. So you got to pay $330 up front, get a $30 rebate. So it's going to remain to be seen whether or not this is actually, like we're going to start seeing RTX 2060 cards at $300, or if this is, you know, a timed stunt to take some of the luster off of AMD's launch. But they're jockeying back and forth over this. Uh, and you definitely could buy 2060s for 300 bucks right now. So we're going to see. So the, this would be the the ultimate, or not the ultimate, but the entry level for RTX uh, gaming, if people are interested, right? Yep, yep. The, the RTX has the, the cheapest ray tracing capable card you can buy from NVIDIA or AMD, because only NVIDIA offers ray tracing right now. Uh, it doesn't do it great. Like, it's going to, it gives you a performance hit. And you could, you're going to want to stick to lower quality settings for ray tracing if you use it. But it does do ray tracing. And with consoles you know, set to release later this year with ray tracing hardware inside, uh, that might sway you in its favor. But continue. Uh, no, and just to clarify, the, uh, the 2060 KO and the Founders Edition, these are both non-super, right? Non-supers, just Correct. straight 2060s. Got the it, straight 2060s it. never went away. Uh, the original 2070 and 2080 went away when the supers came out, but they kept the 2060 non-super at 350 to fight the Radeon 5700X and uh, 400 bucks for the 2060 super. So both of those are still around. So right now it looks like we have a little bit of a clutter, a jumble right in that spot then for nvidia because of the pricing that it's all kind of compressed into this one area and you if you really were just only an nvidia fan it's going to be a weird choice for you like why wouldn't you just try to get a 2060 in that same price range right so it kind of eliminates the need for other cards 
hundred percent. I almost think though that if that's the case. This seems more like one of those like taking the football away from Charlie Brown moves, right? <laughs> Where you just kind of you want to take the attention off of AMD so they don't get that impression in people's minds that this is an amazing card. It's just redirecting their attention. They lose all that, um, as you said, luster, and then now they can just go back to you know the stack the way it was. I do wonder yep. in the future though if as things sell out in the channels that they'll actually push it back down again depending on reception to the, the AMD card. I'm curious to see where it lands. Uh, and NVIDIA and AMD have both done this often enough recently that virtually every review that I saw this morning, including my own, flat out said that. Like, this could be a stunt. Like, if you can get a 2060 at this price, great. Don't necessarily count on it. But that being said, NVIDIA dropping its card down to $300, like I said, it kind of sets the standard for where board for where partner cards can go. So, for example, if you look at the 2080 Ti, once NVIDIA priced its Founders Edition at 1200 bucks, we saw every custom board also do 1200 bucks because NVIDIA kind of sets it. So, I'm hoping that it's regular. I'm not necessarily counting on it, though. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, oh, those are out of stock indefinitely kind of a deal. Mm. So I guess but I- that being said, the 1660 Ti, like I was saying, sh- already should not be around. Like the fact that it still existed was, in my opinion, kind of a misplay on Nvidia's part because it left the door open for AMD to say, "Hey, we're going to be beating the whole 1660 stack. We're going to topple their best 1660 Ti." When really they should have phased that out when the 1660 Super came along six months ago. So I guess my follow-up question is, how does the 5600 XT stack up against the 2060? That's where it gets very, very, very frustratingly complicated. Nice transition. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I thought that was pretty good myself. Good job. I liked it. So this is the weirdest graphics card launch I've ever seen. So we have a Sapphire Pulse 5600 XT. It's a great card. Super quiet. You should get it. Uh, It came. NVIDIA. uh, Not NVIDIA. AMD sent us the press drivers uh, to test the card out. The card has a slight overclock over AMD's reference specs. Not too much. It's reference-ish performance. Uh, So we tested it. Spent a whole day testing it. Uh, And then the next day, which was last Wednesday or Thursday. So right, that's very, very late in the review cycle. Never seen this happen before. AMD is like, actually, we have a new BIOS for you. uh, That dramatically changes performance. So AMD. So anyway. One, go read my full review for the full breakdown. Let me just say that out loud. I'll add us on PCWorld.com, etc. As the reference specs are, and as I got the Sapphire Pulse using the original BIOS, it beats the 1660 Ti in most games. It's close. It's fine. It's okay. Whatever. It's a cool card. So excited. Like, (laughs) yeah, like it's nothing nothing exciting, nothing special. It's, It's a good alternative option uh but with this new bios what this new bios does is increase the board power by 10 watts jack up the game clock which is the clock speed you expect amd says to expect to see games running at by 200 megahertz which is a lot and also overclocks the memory from 12 gigabytes per second to 14 gigabytes per second and it makes 10 plus percent difference in performance. It's a huge, huge difference. It goes from being a, all right, whatever, 
1660 Ti rival, slight, slight, slightly beaten it, to a full-on RTX 2060 rival, trading blows with it in games at 280 bucks. Uh, and it even trades blows with the full-fledged Radeon RX 5700 in a lot of games huh. with this new one. So it's like supercharged. It's a huge difference. Uh, the part that is tricky about it and the thing that kept me from giving this an editor's choice or a higher rating, I said flat out my review, it, it, I docked at half a point or a point in my rating because of it, uh, is that this is such a last-second move that a lot of the first wave of cards on store shelves will have the older, slower bio still installed. Uh, so you're not getting that extra performance out of the box. You have to actually update your graphics card BIOS, which is actually pretty quick and painless process, but there are chances for things to go very seriously wrong with it. You could brick it uh, if things, like if you unplug your power cord in the middle of it somehow, Things can go bad. You don't want to. There's a reason we don't say update your BIOS very often. It's a 99% chance it's going to go fine and go quick and seamless. Uh, but there is a little chance that it won't. So you have to update your BIOS. Uh, you have to know to update your BIOS hmm. because AMD software, Radeon software, the actual you know AMD drivers, yep. they don't tell you, hey, go update. There's a BIOS available for your card. Go update. You'll get 10% faster performance. You just have to know. Hmm. Uh, so people theoretically a, on the, the store shelves could get the old BIOS and yeah. be... Yeah. Yeah. They very likely will. Uh, they very likely will. I was talking with somebody from Sapphire today, and they said they think they got most of the cards in North America shelves on the new BIOS. So if you get the Sapphire Pulse that I reviewed... In North America, you'll probably have the new faster BIOS, which you definitely want. It makes a huge difference in performance. Uh, I have tips in my review to tell you what to check for, what tools to use to see if you have the old BIOS or the new BIOS and how to update it. So if you buy one of these, and I think you should. It's a great graphics card. You're going to want to check that out. It's, it's a frustrating hassle. It's. I don't know what's going on with these Navi graphics cards because we saw with the 5700 and 5700 XT models, there are several reviews where fan speeds were messed up and we had to update BIOSes. Like I think it was the XFX Thick 2 Ultra had to update that BIOS on day one as well because there were issues with the cards on store shelves. Mm. And I don't know what's going on, but that's not something that should be getting to buyers in the state that these drivers are getting the buyers it's a very much a last minute audible and it amd it, the 26 the 2060 price cuts didn't put a tarnish on this card's launch amd's bios driver issues tarnished this launch uh frank has a uh, a comment on youtube chat he says uh, so the short version is rx 57 or i'm sorry rx 5600 xt versus rtx 2060 and the winner is rx 5 uh, 5700 <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing right if you're playing amd is still positioning this as the ultimate 1080p graphics card uh i would agree with that be because it comes with six gigabytes of memory uh some games, if you're looking to play at 1440, are already using over, with all the settings cranked, are already using over 6 gigabytes of memory, Ghost Recon Breakpoints 1. Not many people are playing that, I know. But mm -hmm. 
other games as well. So if you're going to be playing at 1440p, I would suggest getting the RX 5700 because it has the extra two gigabytes of capacity and it has a wider bus. So it has a much more robust memory configuration. That being said, if you're going to play at high refresh rate 1080p or you don't mind dialing some graphics down like texture settings in the future the 5600 xt gets awfully close to the 5700 Hmm. Uh, a couple people in the chat are asking if you can flash the 5600 xt with the 5700 bios do you know i don't know i assume you could and i think part of the reason that AMD was willing to do this last second is because a lot of partners are simply reusing their custom designs from the 5700 series for the 5600 series because they're all built around the same GPU. The GPU that you find in the 5600 XT is the exact same GPU that you find in the RX 5700, Hmm. just power limited and downclocked. So you could give it a shot. Uh, Again, I'm always nervous about flashing more powerful BIOSes onto graphics cards they weren't intended for because the power might not be up to it. Things could just go wrong, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's not something I'd recommend to the vast majority of people. But if you know what you're doing and if you have a graphics card with dual BIOS switch, so you have a backup to fall back on if things go wrong, like the Pulse does, actually, uh, you could give it a shot. I haven't. And again, I don't recommend it for most people. Hmm. But well, I wasn't even done with the BIOS headache stuff yet, though. I was only the- <laughs> oh, oh, what? Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Jumped in too soon, oh, Adam. Oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, AMD has not updated the reference specs for the 5600 XT. The original, you know, okay, it's fine performance that we saw is still the reference spec for the 5600 XT. And not every graphics card is going to get this new BIOS. Uh, So there are going to be basically two different classes of 5600 XT under the same name on shelves. There's going to be the ones with the standard BIOS that give you the 1660 Ti beating okay performance. And then there's going to be these overclocked ones that have the supercharged, power unlocked, faster memory BIOS uh, that delivers a lot more performance. And it seems like that might be even more complicated even further down because I was reading other reviews Ooh. today. Because like I said, this this is a very unusual – like I can't recall this ever happening. I was reading uh, Tech Power Up who had reviews of both the posts that I reviewed and an ASUS model. And in their conclusion, they said that the ASUS model – they originally ran it under the name Strix OC Review with the new BIOS – but then they had to change it after launch to Strix top version because there's going to be the version of the Strix coming out that gets the overclocked graphics uh, chip overclock, but no memory overclock. And then there's going to be another version oh, that gets both like this Pulse. Goodness. <laughs> so it's, it's a mess. Uh I am really glad to get more performance out of the card. Like the end result, three months down the line is going to be, you know, people buying cards and it's going to be more powerful than we expected. But it's a mess. I would recommend if you're considering this card, go and specifically look for this Sapphire Pulse that I reviewed. It's only a $10 markup over MSRP. 
uh, and it gets you access to that supercharged BIOS. If it's not pre-installed, like I said, uh, it should be in North America, but if yours fell through the crack, it's already up on Sapphire's site. Uh, it gets you a good custom cooler that's super-duper quiet, do BIOS switches, so in case that BIOS update does go wrong, you'll have a backup option. Uh, and it's 290 bucks. So it's a great price for a great card, uh, but we know that it's getting that faster BIOS. You don't know what all these other cards are getting. Even cards that get faster clocks aren't necessarily getting the faster memory clocks, and it's actually the faster memory clocks that makes such a performance difference. Because the way that AMD differentiated this card from the 5700 XT, aside from limiting the uh, GPU clock, was dialing back its memory speeds and dialing back its memory bus. And that's what that extra two gigabytes per second of memory on the new BIOS is what actually gives you the majority of the performance uplift. So you want that. So, Brad, you sound... Oh, sorry, go ahead. It's complicated. Yeah. It's, it's hard to even so, explain how to explain it. So here's the thing, Brad. Uh, you sound very positive about this card, like maybe for its future, as you said, like three months down the road. But listening to you explain this, it sounds like it's kind of a nightmare for the early adopters. It's a nightmare for buyers, I think. And it's too bad because if they had figured this out a week beforehand, it would have just been straightforward. Hey, this goes toe-to-toe with the RTX 2060. But, yeah, it's kind of a mess. That's what I'm saying. It almost seems... It is a good card. I would... I can only specifically recommend the Sapphire Pulse. Usually we try to go, hey, you know, the NVIDIA RTX 2060, we review the Founders Edition or Baseline Edition, say, hey, that's a good GPU. And then we split off after that and just do follow-up reviews with custom models. But we still treat that initial review as, hey, this is our review for this GPU, not just a specific model. Hmm. In this case, I can only say this is only for this model, really, because <laughs> who knows what's going to be installed on all these. It's, there's so many different oh, tiers. Wow. It almost <laughs> seems like for the beginning, we're, we're going to have to make a chart. So that way you can just see, like, which do you get an updated BIOS? What does that updated BIOS include? <laughs> oh, yeah. that's Yikes. nuts. Uh, we do have a couple people in chat asking, uh, how does this fit in with the tricks boost? Tricks Boost, uh, so I didn't have a chance to specifically review it with Tricks Boost active uh, for this particular card because I wound up having to retest it a second time with a whole other BIOS. Uh, and it also has dual BIOSes that I check different ways to make sure. I had to do a lot of extra testing, so I couldn't test Tricks. That being said, I have reviewed Tricks Boost on several other Pulse cards and Nitro cards at this point. Uh I still stick with my blanket. You should use it if you're going to be using it at 1080p resolution. Uh, based off my testing with the Pulse RX 5500 XT, I would recommend not going below 90% resolution downscaling. Mm. If you're going to be doing 1440p gaming, I would bump that up to 85% resolution downscaling. Uh, and you just get more performance for barely any visual quality downgrade so i would definitely if you buy this card definitely play with it definitely use it those are my recommended settings for those two resolutions wow yeah but yeah it's complicated yeah. anyway <laughs> so so getting over the bios issues let's let's figure okay so we have the new bios installed i reviewed it etc cetera, etc cetera. how does it stack up 
it stacks up, like I said, really well against the 2060. Uh, there's a couple of games that's behind. There's a couple of games that's ahead. Uh, and they match up evenly in a bunch of different ways. So if you can get uh, $300 2060, like NVIDIA dropped the price down to, that makes it a really interesting decision because performance is roughly equal between these two cards. Uh, with the AMD card, you get technologies like Trix Boost, if you get a specific card, like we're saying from Sapphire. You get Radeon Boost, you get Radeon Image Sharpening, things that pre improve performance and visual quality in traditional games. Whereas if you bump up to a $300 GeForce RTX 2060, uh, you get entry-level access to real-time ray tracing. So with performance being a wash, this is a real... If you can find a $300 RTX 2060, like put your money where you think you want to go in the next couple of years. Because a $20 difference for ray tracing or not is not that much. So... It's just a really is the first time that I think ray tracing options have been very value competitive with what AMD is offering with Navi. That being said, I'm still not sure that you'll be able to get 300 to get $300 RTX 2060s on the regular. Uh, I'm going to have this KO review next week, but right now the $300 one is sold out. Hmm. So. Uh, it's like a $50 price difference right now between the 5600 XT and the 5700. Uh, Roughly. If that seems to be a much smaller gap than I would expect between the kind of jump. Um, like in this case, given that it's kind of small and given that this price range, people are starting to get a little less price sensitive. Like mm -hmm. how would you recommend, like what would you recommend um, for somebody where the 57 100 would be the better choice versus the 5600 XT being the better choice. I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, but I'm just kind of yeah. want to dive into that a little bit more. Well, I'm actually, that's a good point. I'm going to start a little bit lower end than that, actually, because okay. it is come from 200 to like 350 is super complicated. And I just kind of want to lay out the different what yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. options. Uh, so to me, if you have a 60 frames per second, 1080p monitor, you know, the thing that vast majority of people have, according to Steam hardware survey, I think the 20, not 20, 1660 Super is actually your best option. It's about $230, a little bit more if you get a fancy overclocked model. Uh, but that will hit with all visual bells and whistles enabled, 60 frames per second at 1080p in the vast majority of games. And the couple of strenuous ones where it won't, uh, you can drop it down to high and still easily get 60 frames per second. I think the... 1660 super is still a great option there uh that being said if you do decide if you have a faster refresh rate monitor or just want more future proofing built in so that you can keep settings cranked for two or three years rather than maybe next year having to dial back down to high in new games uh spending the extra 50 or so dollars on this 5600 xt is totally worth it to me uh it's substantially faster than the 1660 stupor and the 1660 Ti, actually. Uh, so if you plan on playing at 1080p for the next couple of years, or you have a high refresh rate monitor, that's when you want to get this 5600 XT, I think. Either this or the RTX 2060, if you want to get in on ray tracing, it's kind of a push uh, performance-wise. To be honest, the ray tracing enabled by the 2060 isn't great. 
So by the time that more games come out that support ray tracing, it might be underwhelming. So that's why I'm kind of more ho-hum on it. But that's when you're going to want to get the 5600 XT or the 2060 is if you're, you know, high refresh rate, 1080p gaming or entry level 1440. But if you're going to be 1440 gaming, to me, that's really when you want to step up to the RX 5700 uh, because it does have that more robust memory subsystem. So it has two gigabytes of extra capacity and a wider bus which means it can handle all those higher resolution textures and whatnot a lot easier. Uh, we're already seeing games bumping into the six gigabyte limit as you start to crank things up and crank up resolution. So if you're playing, if you have a 1440p monitor and plan on playing for a while, that's when I'd consider jumping up to the RX 5700. That being said, for for 1080p gaming, or if you don't mind dropping down from ultra to high, in most games, the 5600 XT is right there with the 5700. It's not that much slower, so you could save yourself some money with yeah. the 5600 XT. Yeah, I mean, this card for me is exciting just because I feel like it gives so many more options in this range than we had mm-hmm. seen just even, what, three months ago? Mm-hmm. Six months ago? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely crowded. They're really duking it out here. I've never seen Counterpunch quite like this, mm-hmm. like... I wish they I really wish they AMD had figured all this out and saw this coming at least a couple weeks ago so that like I said it's not so confusing this is going to be a confusing mess for buyers at the store it, or it might not be they're just going to buy it and never realize that they don't have the performance that some other cards in this class do You would hope that that even in today's age that there could be someone going around with stickers putting something on a box so people know hey you can get a little more performance out of this if you go to this website and follow these directions yeah um one thing uh i just lost my train of thought hello everybody back from a long weekend (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel that yes yeah Um, anyway the uh just while you get it back the pull like i said the pulse specifically we can only review this model it's it's a great only $10 above MSRP option. If you're going to buy one of these, I would highly recommend this one. Uh, the, there's a lot of people in the chat, though, you know, saying, uh, talking about uh, NV Inc., uh, and that's definitely something that leans heavier mm-hmm. on the, the G4 side. Does does AMD have any uh, any codec support um, like that? NV Inc. is nvidia's proprietary one and by far its own uh and amd leans more on stuff like h.264 h.265 you know the the standardized ones so if you lean heavily into that there's a youtube channel called epos fox e-p-o-s-v-o-x i would recommend going and checking out his coverage because he is a he focuses 100% on creating media and streaming videos. So if that plays heavily into your decision, I would highly recommend to go check it out and see what he has to say about it. Mm. I know he likes the streaming and video capabilities of the 5700 XT and the new GeForce cards, so I don't think there's a dud there. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, and then a lot of people talking about uh, AMD drivers that, you know, they're still so bad brad is uh anything anything fixed lately with amd drivers uh actually today they sent me an email saying a bunch of things are fixed in this newest iteration that went out today that unlocks 5600 xt support uh including like if you had two monitors apparently sometimes the computer would randomly turn off stuff like that oh. uh bunch of a bunch of bug fixes in today's thing 
Uh, I know that Steve at Gamers Nexus has been hammering this hard, and there have been reports on forums about all kinds of driver issues. Uh, I haven't seen as many driver issues as some people report, but then again, I don't use 5700 XT daily. My testing system's pretty clean. Uh, you know, we use it mostly for testing. So some people uh, have a lot of driver issues. Some people don't. So uh, I'm going to channel I th- what I think is Gordon. Gordon might be listening and say, like, no, it's absolutely not what I would ask. But blah, I, blah, I, blah, I, blah. <laughs> perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. um, Brad, I am kind of curious what you think. So I feel like what do you think would have been the better choice for AMD? Would it have been better for them to actually have pushed this card for a later release, you know, so they could have gotten all this bio stuff sorted out so it was much clearer for the consumer when they're going to a store or, you know, shopping at Newegg or wherever? Or do you think it is actually better for them to have this confusing situation so they didn't let NVIDIA have a longer time to kind of, you know, bring down the prices on the 2060, kind of, you know, allow people to whisper like, oh, maybe something's really wrong, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't think they are in a good position either way, but I'm just kind of curious which one do you think would have been the better way to go? It's, it's kind of weird because in graphics cards, like custom models, overclock models, which is where this new BIOS is targeting, they always can do memory overclocks and graphics overclocks, and that's always existed. But it's not usually to this significant extent. It doesn't unlock higher power and stuff like that. Uh, but personally, how what I feel... Uh, and actually, I saw similar sentiments echoed in uh, Ryan Smith's review at Anantech because usually I don't care what other people think. I just review the card and let you guys know what I think. But this was so weird. I went around and read and watched all the various reviews this morning. Uh, AMD should have saw this coming because 1660 Ti was effectively obsoleted six months ago. Uh, the 2060 Super or 1660 Super, there would be no chance of ever matching the performance of this thing. And there's no room for another in-between card. So really the only option NVIDIA had other than just let AMD say, hey, we beat the crap out of the 1660 Ti was to drop the price of the 2060. That's really the only option NVIDIA had. So... I mean, I wish they would have AMD would have seen that coming uh, and then communicated with its partners enough in advance to know that so many were going to be reusing the coolers from the 5700 series that they could have had this in place a week or two ago. I mean, I know all this stuff comes in hot. It's re- punch, counterpunch, et cetera, et cetera. But when it's this messy, it affects buyers, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, something I think they could have seen coming. There. Yikes. Uh, Dennis Siberian's asking if uh, if we've seen any bundles with games on the card cards out there. Um, they're getting the Xbox Game Pass subscription three months free trial. Oh, mm. nice. Uh, that everyone else does. I'm not sure if it gets the Monster Hunter Iceborne one. It might check that. If you're considering buying it, check it on the retailer page. It'll tell you. Uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne. I know the 5500 XT was bundled with that for a bit. I'm not sure about this card, but this card definitely does get three months of free Xbox Game Pass for PC, which is freaking amazing, and I pay money for it, and I'm never going to stop paying money for it. So three months free is great. Oh, nice. <laughs> bring an endorsement. 
I love it. They just had a Frostpunk. I'm down. Yeah, that's 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 worth my five dollars this month already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people people in the chat seem to be uh, a little a little sad by this launch. You know, seems confusing. Uh, and somebody else had mentioned uh, vegetable stew and Discord's talking about how uh, you know the some Asian countries are about to hit Lunar New Year, so during the holidays it's going to be even harder for the retailers to to get out new bioses and stuff like that. So. Uh, well, the good news is it sounds like due to the Lunar New Year and other factors, but that definitely plays into it, uh, a lot of the first wave of cards will not have the new BIOSes, even if they're supposed to. But the companies that release these cards, like Sapphire in this case, uh, Gigabyte, AS Rock, you know, all them, are going to be making the new BIOSes available on their websites to download. You can do it yourself. So... If you know that it exists, you're not losing out on it. But you got to know it exists in order to do it. And be willing to... I mean, I didn't hear any... I didn't ask, because I was so busy testing. But I didn't get any concrete guidance from AMD about like what's going to happen if a BIOS does go wrong. Who replaces it? Does this fall under normal warranty conditions? Normally, I would think replacing your BIOS doesn't fall under replacement warranty. But... In a case like this, does it? Uh, I was just about to ask, ask about that, <laughs> right? Because it seems yeah. like it's a little out of the normal realm of how things go. Yeah. So you would think that in order to encourage people to get through all of this complicated, uh, what is it, decision tree to figure out what you have to do and what you're going to get for it, that they would provide uh, this guarantee that if you do this and it works, then you're covered. I I would expect you to be like it'll get figured out somewhere if something happens again. It something probably won't happen. I mean, upgrading BIOS isn't something you're going to do for no reason. It sounds scary. It's not as awful as it seems. It takes minutes. It's pretty quick. But stuff can go wrong, and if stuff does go wrong, I expect you to be taken care of in some way. But there is I'm not sure who from. Is it from the retailer? Is it going to be from? Sapphires are going to be from AMD. It's confusing. I'm not sure. And it's really disappointing because I think with the new BIOS, this really is a really good graphics card. So it's a shame that I've had to spend 40 minutes now hmm. covering this, you know, maze of options because of, it's just applied to every graphics card or at least every overclocked graphics card if they just said if you have an overclocked version you're going to get this better bios that would be much less confusing but it's it's just kind of a mess mm. uh, <laughs> uh get to uh on <laughs> youtube is asking uh should we wait for the new three th- uh nvidia 3000 series at all or just purchase a 5600 uh if you need a new graphics card, my go-to recommendation always is get it when you need it. If There's always something new and faster and brighter and shinier six months down the line. We don't have any inkling of when 3000 series cards from NVIDIA are coming out yet. So if you need a new graphics card, if your graphics card you already have isn't doing what you want, I would say go get either the 5600 XT or the RTX 2060 right now. Right, uh, and then uh, uh, what is it? Keop nine hundred one uh, gave us five dollars on YouTube super chat. Thank you very much. Uh, why do I feel like AMD is always late to the table with their GPUs? NVIDIA two thousand series are two years old now. 
Sure, that's true. I mean, they had Vega before this. This card with the new BIOS matches Vega 64, uh, which I think launched technically at 550 bucks, but was actually 700 bucks because all the crypto stuff. Hmm. Uh, so they've had this level of performance for a while. Uh, NVIDIA and Intel are both massive companies compared to AMD. They have a lot more resources, and each of them is specialized. So... AMD's definitely invested in Radeon, but they also have clearly been investing a lot of money in Ryzen over the last few years, and that's really paying off well. So it's just a question of where they spend their money and what they do with it. I also I don't, think... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you, you can go ahead. I was also going to just jump in and say that I think a little bit of it is also just perception, right? Yeah. How they handle uh, situations like this, like this with the BIOS, right? I think if they had a little bit more of a deft hand and they also had a little bit more showmanship, to be honest, when how they present things, because I think that is something that NVIDIA definitely does very well. Intel does very well, where they they really like to pump up whatever it is they're about to launch. It's, you know, they've dotted all the I's, they've crossed all the T's, they they want you to... um, basically intake a very specific message. AMD has always been a little bit loosey-goosey in that regard when it comes to their graphics cards. Uh, I think they like to let the work show for itself, but unfortunately when you have kind of a, almost like a kerfuffle happening before the work actually gets seen, it makes it difficult for people just to recognize how good that work is. Yeah, you would never see NVIDIA do something like this, I don't think. Update a BIOS, start pushing them out a week before launch, that would never happen. And if on the very, very small off chance they did, they would present it in a very different fashion. Yep. Yep. They would. Yeah. Uh, That being said, I mean, NVIDIA, you know, definitely complicates things by launching three or four different 1660 variants. And, (laughs) you know, the 1060 six gigabyte and 1060 three gigabyte were two different GPUs with the same name. So they also aren't perfect. But this is just this is just a mess, and it's unfortunate because I like the card. <laughs> uh, Dark Sith AZ on uh, Twitch is asking um, about temps on the card. Um, if you could talk about temps a little bit on on this specific card. Sure, on this specific card, the Sapphire Pulse. Let me. I got my my little spreadsheet here. So they're actually really great. Uh, the original slower BIOS, which is now effectively the quiet BIOS <laughs> for the Pulse. When you update, you can actually get two different BIOSes, one for the quiet side, one for the performance side. Uh, I would only bother with the performance side because no matter what, this card's super-duper quiet. So there's no, don't even bother time with the quiet BIOS. Just leave it there as a backup in case you need it. But anyway, with the original BIOS that are on store shelves for this first wave out of the box, the slower reference specs, uh, we saw 65-degree temperatures under load. And that's what I do to test temperature is we run five-lap loop of F1 2019 a couple times after we've done all the rest of our testing, run it a couple times, and then run it again and check it so it's just fully toasty. And that got uh, 65 degrees Celsius, which is very, very cool. Uh, with the updated, supercharged, overclocked, more power-hungry BIOS, it still only hits 72 degrees, which is great. So it's very power-efficient. It's very cool. Uh, No complaints there whatsoever. Cool. It's actually increasing the clocks and unlocking the power a bit actually put its power use 
with the new BIOS up there on par with the 5700 in the 2060, which you would expect because it's getting about the same performance. Whereas the original BIOS, uh, you use 30 or 40 watts less power, which puts it on par with the 1660 Ti, which is, again, what you'd expect from AMD's positioning stuff as. So Navi's good, man. Navi's good. Nice. All right. Uh, anything else to cover with uh, with GPU? This uh, GPU news. Oh, I feel like I've been talking forever at this point. <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> Just letting the expert I, do his thing. I don't think so. Uh, it's a good card. All of these concerns, not all of the concerns, is still going to be a mismatch of capabilities. But the con- if you're worried about, if you want this card and you don't want to get into BIOS flashing yourself, because that's a dark art that many sane people don't want to touch whatsoever, uh, just give it a month or so. Uh, and the cards that appear on store shelves should all have the proper BIOS by that time. Uh, like I said, I talked to somebody from Sapphire this morning, and they said they think they got most of the North American stock on store shelves today updated with the new BIOS, so that should be good to go for the Sapphire Pulse, at least, today. Uh, if all this complication freaks you out, and you don't want to worry about BIOSes whatsoever. Uh, the 2060 is 20 to $40 more, gets roughly the same performance, and offers ray tracing without any BIOS hassles. So there's something to be said for that. And NV Inc. <laughs> and NV Inc., yes. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, why don't we move over to some questions? Uh, if you have- Oh, sorry, go ahead. What? Oh, no, if, if you have questions, uh, get them in on the Discord. Uh, there's a link in our description for the uh, the Full Nerd Question uh, little channel. Uh, the first one uh, is from a, a little bit ago. Um, this is probably more for Gordon, but I think actually, Brad, the, the, you might have something to say about this too, uh, from KazMC. Okay. Uh, in a recent episode, Gordon commented on PC gaming being all-inclusive and never leaving anyone behind. Last week, FOSS Game Engine Armory released a roadmap with plans to drop support for older OpenGL and DX9 APIs. Some devs are, uh, are up in arms over this. Do we need to stop supporting older pre-2010 hardware? Brad. Elena, what do we think? Oh, man. (laughs) I'm not sure about the specifics of that case. I haven't. Last week, this review took significantly more time than I expected (laughs) it to. I've been very heads down with it. Uh, So it, um, it depends if it's there's a technical reason for it, in my opinion, or if it's just, hey, it's 10 years old. We're just going to dump that Uh, to me. Part of the, like Gordon always says, part of the greatness of the PC is that you can run stuff that used to run in DOS many, many years ago. Uh, so to me, it's if they can continue to support it without affecting future performance and features, then they should. However, I can understand the logic behind dumping something that's 10 years old and just saying we can't commit further resources towards this anymore yeah i mean it sounds like at least in in what they're posting here it's it's talking about dropping support for apis meaning that they probably just don't want to update it and 
have a yeah, break. I'm not in the sure of the, so. but I know FOSS free and open source software. I know there's a lot of heated debate. Pretty much anything that goes on in that little, you know, sphere of the internet and the industry. So I'm sure people care very, very passionately about it. So I don't want to say too much about it right now because I'm not sure of the specifics. But to me, in general, if you can keep backwards compatibility without overly hurting yourself, you should keep it for as long as possible. Brad pretty much said everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, another great question from CostMC. Um KazMC, uh, by the way, Kaz-MC, I like your I'm name. Uh, I used to read, uh, you know, all the Dungeons and Dragons books and whatnot when I was a kid, and your name makes me think of Kaz the Minotaur, uh, but rapping. So I just like to say, <laughs> like, that's funny. Like three people will get that, but please, that's what you're named after. Nice. Uh, <laughs> AMD has always said they wanted ray tracing across product stack uh, when the implementation hits the market. Any chance that comes via a Crossfire style add-on board? Uh, there's always a chance for anything. I would doubt it, however. Uh, uh, we know that ray tracing is coming to the consoles this year in AMD hardware. Uh, at CES, Lee Sue also said you should expect to see graphics cards from us with ray tracing in it starting to come out this year. So I would expect to just see dedicated hardware like you do in NVIDIA's cards starting this year. Because they're getting away, the industry's getting away from complicated multi-board setups. Sound cards are much less common than they used to be. Uh, dual GPU, multi-GPU in general are like on the last bit of life support. I would be surprised to see amd add extra hardware boards into the mix okay uh we actually had somebody over on uh on twitch uh mr mac mac 1000 uh is asking how was the rx 50 rx 5600 xt for vr for vr i did not have a chance to specifically test it for vr uh that being said all of these two hundred plus dollar graphics cards should be able to handle VR pretty well. Uh, obviously, the more expensive the card that you buy, the better that it performs. Uh, if I know that in general, Nvidia graphics cards have traditionally been a little bit smoother frame rate pacing in VR than AMD's cards. That being said, I know that AMD's cards aren't bad at it whatsoever. So that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> All right. Uh, Boria Zero uh, asked over on Discord, uh, considering how ridiculously overpriced monitor market is, what do you think about upcoming 48-inch OLED TV, which should be available for around $1,000, uh, with hugely superior picture quality, as well as the Acer DM431K, 43 <laughs> 43-inch 4K IPS at 440 uh, at long last, some value. Why is no one complaining about the monitor prices uh, at the high end? You want to take this first, Elena? <laughs> well, whenever I, I hear value, I think of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, honestly, I was really busy at CES, and I did see the note about the small OLEDs coming out for TVs. I didn't really get into the specs of it so uh, i really just don't know how good that picture quality is versus today's monitors i would say that i feel like monitor prices have been coming down i do think at the higher end 
just like any other industry, you do see a little bit of inflation because I think, like as Gordon would say, you are essentially asking the first adopters to kind of help fund this thing so that you can keep going with it, get the technology to a place where when you produce it, it gets cheaper to do so, bringing the prices down. Um, and I feel like, you know, TV manufacturers have been kind of banging that 4K drum for a long time. You know, LG's been doing OLED for a little bit now. Um, I think they've probably gotten to a point now where they can start introducing better features. I personally still think that the experience on a monitor is different than a TV just because of the density. Like, yep. you literally have the same amount of pixels spread over a wider amount of space on a TV. It's still going to look great from a certain distance, but, I mean, the experiences are so different. You're not going to be sitting, you know, right here with a 48-inch... I mean, maybe some people would, but I, I would. would. <laughs> it's just a little too much for me to have it, like, you know, a foot and a half away from my face. So mm -hmm. the experiences are so different that I think... Um, they're catering to different markets and therefore they don't necessarily have to make their prices overlap or, you know, um, make sense within context of each other. So that's mm -hmm. my personal opinion why you're seeing that. Um, whether or not I think it's actually a reflection of the true, true quality you're getting, I don't feel like I know enough at this moment to make a call on that. I have a, I have a couple just random thoughts listening to that. Not yours to the question yeah, yeah. more than anything. Uh, the first being... Uh, we're actually getting a lot of value from monitors these days down on the lower end. Like, you can find 4K and high refresh rate 1440p monitors, IPS monitors, you know, good quality monitors for a lot cheaper than you could mm -hmm. before. So, first, I think that's a great thing uh, and should be acknowledged. Second, uh, as far as it comes to the price uh, of these, you know, cutting edge, higher end monitors, one, we're starting to see G Sync. Ultimate panels, the first ones, the uh, 1,000 nit uh, 4K 144 hertz monitors, they launched at $2,000 about a year and a half ago. Uh, and they're down to about 800 bucks. I saw them over the past couple weeks. So prices are coming down quite a bit on that. But two, uh, I saw a tweet from Jeff Kempman, who is a person who I know I've met face-to-face -face several times, and I respect his opinion a lot. He used to be the editor-in-chief of Tech Report after Scott Watson stepped down. Uh, he's currently works with technical marketing for ASUS, so take that grain of salt as you will. But at CES, he tweeted out that it hit me at the CES. I was thinking about it. People asking, why are monitors so much more expensive compared to televisions? One, they're a niche market. That's just me saying that. That's not Jeff. But Jeff was saying... If you think about it, like Vizio, Samsung, LG, all these companies flat out admit that they subsidize some of this cost and continue development by selling your personal data of your browsing and viewing habits. Monitor makers like Asus and Acer and stuff, they don't do that. So they can't get in on – they can't offset that potential cost by selling your personal browsing habits that the way that televisions do. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that plays into it as well, especially hearing from Jeff – because he does work for Asus now, and Asus makes some of the best gaming monitors out there. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a nugget of inside knowledge behind that insight that he tweeted. But just something to think about. <laughs> nice. Uh, Wheezy asked uh, earlier this year, uh, when do you think 1440p will become the norm? Uh, not anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well somebody in the youtube chat uh, was complaining earlier like oh why are we still talking about 1080p uh 4k should should be the norm right 
should be is a it's a very strong word word. (laughs) very strong word that's a that's quite a financial investment at this point still Uh, i don't know if brad's done yet but if he is i'll just jump in and say that go ahead thank you um i i think it's just going to be slower than a lot of people expect because i mean when you invest in a monitor you, you kind of hang on to it for a really long time and so if you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm going to get this graphics card that can do 1440p, well, you may end up just hanging on, you might do it, but you might just hang on to it longer because you're not actually willing to also upgrade your monitor at the same time. Prices are finally starting to come down now on 1440p monitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Black Friday, I saw, um, you know, some pretty good prices, like 200 range for nice panels, like decent panels at least, not with all the bells and whistles. 4K is still much more expensive than that if you want a really good panel. Um, and I think really, my opinion is that you're not going to see things shift until the monitor prices really make it as appealing. Because, I, I mean, I talk to people, uh, especially during Black Friday, about deals, and people really just love those, you know, $80, 23-inch 1080p panels. It's just so cheap, right? So I mean, you can get in, you can play your games. I mean, you make Gordon happy by playing on a PC instead of a console. <laughs> it's like um, you get to take advantage of everything that you get on the PC, and you don't have to put out a lot of money for that. Yeah, I just there's a saying I've I've used for. I actually did an article about that applied to PCs, but I think especially applies to monitors and that their appliances mm-hmm. like when your fridge breaks you get a new one you spend as little as possible i think that's how most people even most gamers handle their monitors so when their current monitor breaks they'll get the cheapest one that they can get uh we're in the midst of people have upgraded to 1080p finally so 1080p is it's only been the last couple of years that 1080p has been far and away like the most dominant monitor like advances in monitor technology take time so and with 1440p being a weird in-between step between 1080p and 4k i'm still not even 100 percent sure that i'm not 100 percent convinced that we'll ever see it become the dominant resolution which sucks because to me it's the sweet spot for pc gaming Mm -hmm. uh we have a a a long one from de novo uh they actually asked this uh, about a month ago i'm sorry i'm first getting to it so the long time listener for first time caller hey welcome um i purchased an evga rtx 2080 xc a year ago in order to eventually drive my goal monitor choice a 2k ultra wide well i finally was able to get a aw 3418 dw <laughs> uh i don't know what monitor name yeah. that might be an alienware it's a yeah. ultra wide 1440p on black friday deal i've been using a crappy 27 inch 1080p 60 hertz for years and the upgrade is incredible and i'm super happy the issue is my GPU is buzzing like a storm now that I am putting it to use, and I'm worried that there are there may be an issue since the buzzing pitch changes scene to scene with intensity of of the use of the card. Is this normal? Should I be concerned? If so, what should I do about it? It I wouldn't say it's normal, but it's not abnormal. It's called coil wine, and it does tend to happen the more stress that you put on a graphics card. Uh so obviously now that you're hitting it harder, uh, you'll you'll notice it more if your card is susceptible to that. Uh, often you'll notice it even more in menu screens and stuff like that, where the mm-hmm. frame rate is like 600 or something like that. Uh, it's considered 
typically it's considered not a defect because it can happen. It happens to X amount of cards. Uh, that being said, some graphics manufacturers, if it's especially bad, will swap it out and replace it. And I know personally that uh, EVGA tends to have pretty good replacement and RMA procedures in place. So if it's bothering you that much, I would recommend contacting EVGA and see if they'll swap it out for you. Uh, that being said, it is normal. Your card's not going to blow up. It happens. If EVGA doesn't swap it out for you, that sucks. Maybe get some headphones. Uh, if you have headphones on, you won't notice it as much. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, we got one from uh, Mohan over in Discord. Uh, at this point, is it worth buying a 2070 Super if you have a 1080, or should I just wait for the next-gen cards from NVIDIA? I'd wait. I mean, I never... 1080 was pretty powerful to begin with. 2070 Super will be a little bit more powerful, but not that much more powerful that it's worth paying $500 for, in my opinion. I would wait another generation. In, in general, I would recommend skipping a generation. Uh, Lead Hugh asked on uh, YouTube, uh, what is our guesses on pricing for the RTX 3070 and 3080? Anyone want to throw a guess out there? Same price, more or less? I mean, this is, is this for paper or not for paper? Nah, no paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with same price. I feel like we're sharing a brain cell today, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> you, like I come after you. I'm like, this is what Brad said. Um, I would say the same. I, I know that you know in general, Nvidia has been kind of letting prices drift up. But I would like, I would like to think that because we'll be in the second generation of seeing RTX cards, that they wouldn't have a reason <clears throat> to keep pushing the prices up. Like I would hope that as you refine the process, you find ways to keep at least the prices stable, if not cheaper. And who knows, maybe if AMD actually brings out something like Big Navi, then they'll give them incentive to not raise the prices further as well. It would have been much more incentive if it came out two years ago, but yes. yes. <laughs> I, uh, that said, I think it'll be about the same. I'm hoping it drops because I think the prices of these RTX 20 series graphics cards were kind of egregious borderline egregious i think there's a big re that's the big reason why they got such a harsh reception not because ray tracing sucks because it doesn't ray tracing's awesome it's because they jacked the prices and didn't deliver any real gaming performance increases compared to last gen so i hope they bring the prices down a bit uh especially since they seem to be wanting to make ray tracing more of a thing making it more affordable and make it more of a thing but i think they'll stick to the same prices as my six months out prediction Nice. Uh, we got a couple more questions. Uh, somebody, where is it? Oh, uh, get get to sue. Um, it's asking, how does the new micro LED perform on games for monitors? Haven't touched it yet. Same. Right. Uh, it's really, Gordon. Gordon's it's, really been into it. Yeah. I will, however, uh, throw in there that those mini mini LEDs. I assume he means not the micro LEDs. Uh, are in the new G Sync Ultimate monitors. So. The ones that I just spoke about a few minutes ago that came out, 1,000 nits, 4K, 144 hertz, a year and a half ago. Uh, they were basically called them the Holy Grail PC Gaming. They're wondrous. Uh, these new ones that are coming out are 4K, 144 hertz, 1,400 nits. They use these mini LEDs. NVIDIA is very, very careful to only put the best stuff in its G-Sync Ultimate 
GSIG in general, but especially GSIG Ultimate monitors, NVIDIA, you know, guards that very carefully. So for NVIDIA to be willing to put that in there, I would wait for reviews, but that makes me think that it's going to be good. All right. Uh, last serious question. Uh, oh. <laughs> Gary MZ. Jerry? Jerry? Uh, if I were to upgrade my GTX 1070 Ti, what should I move up to for 1440p gaming, and which model would run cooler? Mm, again, that was relatively new enough that I would probably wait a generation just just like I advised the other the other person uh if you're going to upgrade i mean i guess you could get like a 2070 super or something like that or rx 5700 xt but i'm not sure how much of a gain in frame rate you'll get for the amount of money you'd be spending to get it so my advice is to wait a generation if you can <laughs> Uh, any of the top brands, I mean, they're all known quantities at this point. You know, like EGA cards are good. If you go the NVIDIA route, Asus Strix cards are good. Sapphire's cards are good. Like all these, at these points, all the coolers are known quantities. So they're all good at this point. Nice. Uh, so second, question. yeah, second to last question. Uh, or, or actually, uh, we have a best graphics card. Uh, roundup at pc world like if you look for the best graphics card pc world it'll pop up where i have recommendations for each of the uh you know best 1080p best 500 best 1440p i would recommend going and looking at that and clicking through some of the reviews that i've done so you can see the actual raw frame rates of what games are getting for these cards so you can kind of figure out whether it's worth justifying the upgrade for you uh, actually, you know what? what? One more, one more actual question uh, from Getasu: uh, uh, Are Radeon GPUs better on Ryzen CPUs? Uh, there have been talks about that in the past, but it hasn't really proven to be the case. I guess for the RX fifty five hundred XT, if you loaded it into an X five seventy system, that could take advantage of its PCIe four support. I haven't been able to test it myself, but I've heard that there could be some performance uplift there because of the way AMD designed the PCIe connection in the 5500 XT. That being said, uh, that's a really peculiar thing for that one low-end model of card, and you'd be weird to bundle a X570 board in a high-end third-gen Ryzen processor with the 5500 XT to begin with, so it doesn't seem very practical. But in general, no. No, they're not faster with Ryzen graphic uh, CPUs. Okay, uh, Frank asked, uh, "May we have, may we have more such relaxing shows without Gordon in the future?" <laughs> oh man, is he criticizing the level of coffee that Gordon ingests? Uh, you know, amount, I'm, I'm, or you know, who knows? Uh, you know, Gordon can get a little cranky sometimes. It happens. Uh, everyone loves Gordon. <laughs> everyone loves. Gordon. You know we miss how Gordon. long the ray tracing discussion for the 2060 versus 5600 XT would have been on today's show. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is actually really true. I didn't do a very good job of, of uh, uh, channeling Gordon here. Apparently, I should have just jumped right into that. Brad, what do you think? 
<laughs> yeah, actually, you know, I, I was just thinking this. We should have we should have talked consoles uh, in this episode. You know, have. we actually have people who play consoles. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. We'll see. Well, well. Uh, we, we can do it again some other time. Uh, the last one is from uh, my wife, Lindsay. She gave $2 and said, can we get a better look at Brad's Warhol p- pirate painting? Okay, do you mind picking it up and showing it? Uh, let me take off my headset. For audio listeners, he has a, a four-panel four four panel of uh, a picture of him. Picture, yeah. yeah. Self-portrait. Nice. Kind of there we go. Is it actual canvas, too? Yeah. Nice. It's Nothing fancy. But the best. <laughs> we should we should sell uh we should sell prints of that. We could put that like, on a t shirt. We are sure. we are working on t shirts for full nerd. We uh it's oh. it's in the pipeline. I want a free one. <laughs> yeah. You'll get it. It's in the pipeline. <laughs> we we are gonna do we're gonna start with just, you know, standard logo stuff, but we we are hoping to at some point get to things like smooth thirty. Smooth thirty. <laughs> there are more fun things as well. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. I'm hungry. Yeah, lunchtime. Right. I actually had to write this down because I was saying this before we got started. <laughs> Even though it's been 100 Sun episodes, I always tune out when Gordon says this, so I wrote it down. <laughs> all right. So check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on The Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Send your questions and comments to thefullnerd at pcworld.com. We'll check them eventually. <laughs> Gordon's in charge of that inbox. And if you're on iTunes, leave us a review because every time you do, AMD releases a new BIOS. AMD releases a new BIOS. <laughs> uh, thanks for hanging out. I'm Brad Charkis with Elena Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. Smooth 30. Bye. 